Hello and welcome to the Plant Your Health podcast. I am your host, Caitlin Howarth, fitness coach, athlete, cat lover, and plant-based eating enthusiast. My mission is to encourage you to find joy in activity and plants so that you can begin to thrive, not just survive. Think of this podcast as your weekly reminder that taking care of yourself isn't selfish, eating plants is fucking fun, and you are capable of more than you think. These episodes might make you question your current beliefs around training and nutrition, as I will teach you everything I know so that you can begin to plant your health. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode six of the Plant Your Health podcast. So for this episode, I'm going to be answering your nutrition questions that you asked me from Instagram. So I posted on my story what topic you wanted to hear, whether it was nutrition, workouts, um, plant-based eating, and nutrition one by far. So I got y'all's questions. I have them all on a document and... I will be answering them for you today. So I really appreciate y'all asking me the question so that I could answer them. It makes podcasting and putting out information for you so much easier because I know specifically what you need help with, what you want to learn about. So I really appreciate that. Um, so jumping into the questions, <clears throat> the first one is what to eat before and after workouts. And this is such a common one. And this is something that I struggled with years ago. And this is why I could never like run longer than like two, three miles because I didn't quite understand my um, nutrition. I wasn't recovering, but I also wasn't fueling before the run I just would like take off and then I would want to die and I would spend the rest of the day on the couch so um the general recommendation for pre-workout so before your workout depending on how long you have you're going to have longer to digest right so if you have like three to four or more hours you're gonna have more time for that food to digest, to get into your bloodstream, to go where it needs to go to fuel you for your workout. If you have two to three hours, you have less time. So you kind of want to dial it back. And if you have only like one hour, 30 minutes, if you wake up and go work out, you're obviously going to have less time. So you want something more easily digestible. So the general recommendation is 10 to 20 grams of protein and about 30 to 40 grams of carbs. Now this is for that like sweet spot of like one to two hours. So obviously pre-workout nutrition is going to depend on you. Some people train great fasted. I used to not, um, but now I definitely most of the time just wake up and unless I'm like already super, super hungry when I wake up, then I won't eat until I get home. But the last thing you want to do if you're working out in the middle of the afternoon is to be in the middle of your workout and not feel good, be hungry, and your workout is shit. And that is probably because your pre-workout nutrition wasn't as good as it could be. So the larger the meal, the longer you want to give it to digest, like I was saying. So if you have three to four more hours, carbs, protein, and fat are going to be your friend. So fat digests slowly. 
and therefore it can give you digestive upset. It can, if you're going for a run, you don't want that in your stomach and it'll, it's probably not going to be good for you. Some people it's probably fine, but you want like 10 grams or less of fat before your workouts. So carbs and protein are going to be good for the two to three hours before you don't want, you know, a whole lot of fat at all. You could probably get away with a little bit of fat, but what the heck? Sorry, my cat just, uh, I don't know what she's doing. Okay. Um, and then less than an hour before you want carbs only. So that looks like when I was training for my half marathon and going on runs all the time, I would have, um, like a tortilla and honey before my runs. And then I would take, um, like fruit snacks. You can take just, I get, mm, what's the brand? Like the Annie's Organic Fruit Snacks. And then if you're in Texas or you know what H-E-B is, um, H-E-B has these little like fruit sticks and they're delicious. So we're talking like easy stuff that your body will break down quickly that you'll, it'll, you'll have it ready to utilize within an hour of your workout. So... Um, if you work out in the afternoon, your lunch could be your pre-workout meal. Um, like I said, my go-to, there are fruit snacks, tortillas um, with honey or applesauce. And it's, you can, I mean, you can take my suggestions, but definitely like try it for yourself. If you, you know, really like having like a bowl of fresh fruit in the morning, then definitely go for that. I don't have time to like cut it and do all that stuff in the morning, so that's just me. Um, but that's kind of the outline of how you want to plan your pre-workout meal. So you want carbs, protein, and fat. If you have three to four, maybe more hours for it to digest, the fat really won't get in the way. Carbs and protein, two to three hours and carbs only if it's less than one hour. Now, as for post-workout, if you're anyone and everyone, you have probably heard you have to chug a protein shake the second you work out or the second your workout is over. Um, otherwise, you just wasted your workout and you're not going to get your gains. la di da di da I used to hear that all the time and I believed it for a hot minute. <laughs> and now I'm like, what? So it's it. it yes, you need protein post-workout, but it is not that severe. It's only part of it. So there's two parts to a solid post-workout routine and it's carbs and protein. So much like you need carbs before your workout to fuel it, you need carbs after for your recovery. So carbohydrates are stored as glycogen and they basically serve as like your battery. So when you're working out, you're using um, your stored glycogen and you need the carbohydrates post-workout to restore that, to build your battery back up, to recharge so that you function for the rest of the day. This goes back to me not being able to run and me laying on the couch um, for hours after I went on a run because I didn't understand that like I just needed food and I felt like shit because my glycogen stores were depleted. I was tired. I wasn't, yeah, it was a whole mess. <clears throat> so... Weight training and running deplete your glycogen stores. Therefore, they're draining your battery, which was my problem. So you need 
to have probably the same amount that you would have um, pre-workout. You want to aim for 10 to 20 grams of protein and around 30 to 40 grams of carbs. That can be in um, liquid carbohydrate form, um, a protein shake. You can do, I used to have, um, I used to have a protein shake and like legit fruity pebbles after runs because there's the fruity pebbles are like sugary, um, sugary cereal, obviously. And it was like perfect because it digests quickly, gets your body all of that, and you recover like no one's business. <laughs> so, um, that's what you want to aim for. And it's not, there's not, I always heard of like the anabolic window where you have like an hour after your workout to eat. Otherwise, you're just gonna die. <clears throat> but that's actually not the case. So, if you have a solid pre workout meal, um, then your post-workout meal is still important, but it's not as dire because with the pre-workout meal getting in your bloodstream and fueling your workouts, your body's not going to be as depleted as if you worked out fasted. If you work out fasted in the morning or, I mean, I guess only in the morning you would do that. I don't really know. Some people are wild. But if you work out fasted, then your body is going to use a lot of your glycogen stores right off the bat because it doesn't have anything in your system. So that becomes a time when your post-workout meal actually becomes really important. So they they definitely both play a part. And if you are, like when I was running for my half marathon, I would have a pre-workout meal, like a tortilla and honey. And then I would take like one or two um, fruit snacks with me and sometimes even an electrolyte drink mix, which had carbohydrates in it. And that made it to where my, I still ate post-workout. I still had a protein shake and a little bit of fruity pebbles, but it wasn't as dire because I had fueled before I kept up my glycogen sores during, and therefore afterwards I wasn't as depleted. I still needed to eat, but it wasn't like you have to get it in within an hour. Otherwise there's no point And like, you just wasted your time. So don't think about it so strictly, but definitely give it a little bit of thought. Like, what could I eat? What would be easy? Um, overnight oats are really good afterwards. I just love overnight oats. I can't believe I stopped. Or, like, I never tried them before now. So, so silly. But I thought cold oatmeal was weird. But with overnight oats, you can pretty much put anything in there. You can put a few spoonfuls of protein. And um, I do chia seeds, half a banana some almond butter, and then um, honey or maple syrup. So that's like the carbs, a little bit of fat, um, and then the protein if you have the protein powder. Um, pardon my cat sneezing. I apologize. Okay, so the next question is, what are my thoughts on different diets that are all the rage? So like keto, low-carb, intermittent fasting, all of that and their gimmickiness or the like, quote unquote, worth a try. So, uh, one, I think going low carb or like keto, which is super low carb, I, I don't see the point because I had a girl when I um, did personal training at the gym last year and she was eating super low, um, carbs. And I asked her, I was like, is this something that you can see yourself doing for the rest of your life? Like, is this something you can see yourself doing long-term? Like 
do you see yourself forever skipping pizza night with your kids because it has too much carbs? Do you see yourself um, not eating the bread at every restaurant because it has too much carbs? Do you see yourself only eating vegetables as a carbohydrate source forever? And a lot of the times, 100% of the times, I've asked that question to clients and people I've met and just talked to in general. They say, well, no. And then my question is, so why the fuck would you do it now? Like, there's no point in doing a diet, quote unquote, for a short period of time that isn't sustainable for longer. So what I mean by that is... If you're going to do keto, you're going to do low carb, then you, okay, so you do it for like eight weeks, you lose the weight, whatever. That one is probably some weight, it's some, um, it's probably some fat, it's probably some, it's definitely some water, because for every like one gram of carbohydrate stored, you have like three of water. So your glycogen stores, when you store carbohydrates as energy, you're also storing water. And so it's going to be some fat, some water, and then you just don't have that storage. So when you, when you, and you, you lose the 20 pounds and you're like, okay, cool. And then you start eating carbohydrates again. What do you think is going to happen? You're going to gain that weight back. You're going to gain it back. You're going to have full glycogen storage. You're going to have more water in your system. And you're probably going to gain a little bit of fat just because your carbs are or your um, your calories are going to automatically go up. And if you do it too fast, you will gain unnecessary fat. So then what happens? You panic and you're like, oh, shit, 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 shit. And then you drop your carbs again. So you're on the roller coaster going up and down and up and down and up and down. When if you just became stable with your carbs and you paid attention to what you were eating and you got enough protein in and you ate your vegetables and you moved your body, you wouldn't have this problem. So my thought about these diets is that they're too extreme and I do not understand. (laughs) And then intermittent fasting works kind of in the same way. You're just shortening the period that you have to eat, which typically is going to lessen the amount of calories you can fit into that time because you're going to be full, obviously. So like you can't eat as much in a six hour period or an eight hour period as you can in a 12 hour period throughout the day. Like you don't have time. Like you're no. So it works the same way. You're getting in less calories and then you're losing weight, but you didn't actually learn how to balance your calories through a normal day. You just shortened your time period. So if you ever stopped doing it, and I know intermittent fasting works for people. Some people really like it. And there is a kind of, um, a reasoning for it on some cases because our circadian rhythm, like if you look back way, way, way back, um, people like the caveman days and whatever, they didn't have access to food 24 seven. Like we do typically the sun went down and they maybe lit a fire, hung out for a little bit, but chances are they probably went to bed. 
And then they woke up probably when the sun came up. So they had a shorter time period to eat and they didn't have the abundance of food all the time. So it makes sense to kind of have a regimen. But if you're just doing it to lose weight and to just um, cut back on your calories, then it's probably not going to be sustainable because we don't live in that world anymore. And you're going to have like dinners come up after your eating window or you're gonna, I mean, there's so many possibilities now that we don't live in the, oh, well, the sun's going down. We don't have, we don't have phones. We don't have computers. We don't have Netflix. So we're just going to go to sleep on this stone over here in this little cave on this patch of dirt. And then we'll wake up and, you know, we'll find some food whenever we can. We don't have that. We're not... (laughs) We have a whole other world, literally. It's like Aladdin over here. I just made that up. Anyways, so it it makes sense to kind of have a rhythm with it because our circadian rhythm, it balances our hormones, which is a whole nother story. But <clears throat> the main point of it is to cut calories, which makes sense because you're eating for a shorter period of time and you can't eat as much in a shorter period of time as you can throughout an entire day if you ate from when you woke up to when you went to sleep. So that's my thoughts about these fad diets is that it puts you on a roller coaster instead of actually learning how to just balance your intake over a normal day and um, move around the challenges or the unexpectedness of like, going out to dinner or, you know, having drinks with friends or having, you know, one party night off. Like it doesn't, it doesn't give you that, um, freedom and flexibility. And that leads me to believe that it's not actually going to work long-term. And that's why we always see people like start and stop and start and stop. And, oh, I did, um, a keto for like four months and it worked really well, but you know, I, I got to get back on it or, I did intermittent fasting and like I really liked it, but I just couldn't stick with it. And yeah, of course you couldn't stick with it because it doesn't fit within our lifestyle today and your body fucking needs carbs. So this whole keto, low carb, not, I just, no. So that's my answer for that one. Um, They're gimmicky for a reason. People start and stop them for a reason. If you cannot see yourself doing eating in a certain way for the rest of your life, then why would you do it is my question. All right. So the next question is, um, what proteins are good for you? And uh, so this is a difficult one for me, depending on how I go at it. Um, so protein is crucial. For our health, obviously, the amino acids that make up protein do so much within the body. And for a long time, I believed that we had to get that protein from meat. So I assume if you read the title of this podcast, if you follow me on Instagram, if you know me in real life, or if you read the um, description of this podcast, you know I am plant-based. I went plant-based a few years ago, um, and I did, I will, I did so because I had family members passing away of cancer. I watched a documentary. I read about some stuff in my personal training, 
um, nutrition textbook and I looked in to our meat and the industry and everything like that. And I was like, nope, I'm out. I'm done. I can't. And I won't go too in depth of it because I know a lot of people don't want to hear what actually happens. So what I will say is the antibiotics, the animals are treated with the hormones that are given to them to grow like as big as possible, as fast as possible. Um, that just doesn't sound like a good thing to put into our bodies, like my body, like I'm, I'm good. Um, it's like all the information that has kind of come out about, um, hormonal birth control. So we're putting these hormones into our body and they're throwing our bodies out of whack. And I think a lot of that is with the hormones that these and the antibiotics that these animals are being treated with because there's so many of them in such a close proximity that they like they have to treat them to keep them alive and there's literally no other way around it so <clears throat> i think if you choose to eat meat as a protein source one i don't think it should be often like how we all do it you, or I used to do it would be, you know, like, um, eggs and bacon, maybe some sausage and then some chicken and rice. And then maybe like, I didn't eat a whole lot of beef, but like maybe a steak for dinner randomly. I don't know. So I don't think that it should be done every day. And I think if it is done, you should really pay attention to where you're getting it. Because what what goes it's what goes into your food goes into you. Just like the hormones and the antibiotics and everything like that, everything that they're giving these animals, it, you are eating the meat from the animals, and then it is going into your body, and your body is trying to figure out what the fuck to do with this stuff that isn't necessary. You don't have an illness, you don't have anything, so you don't need these antibiotics. And it's like, why do I have? this stuff and it's trying to get rid of it because it's unnecessary. So I would just, and I mean, it can be expensive. I would just pay attention to where it's coming from. I don't trust like any of the big meat um, places because I've seen them in documentaries where they say like range free or roam free and <laughs> no. Um, but and I think if even if you choose and you're not like really paying attention to where it's coming from, then just lessen the amount of meat protein that you're getting. So there's so much other ways, so many other ways to get protein. There's tempeh, there's tofu, beans, lentils, there's protein pasta with chickpeas, um, there's vegan protein powder. If that's a route you want to go, there's protein in vegetables. There's protein in rice. There's literally protein in everything. We've literally just been programmed by marketing and the big <clears throat> companies to think that meat is the only way that we can get enough protein. And I ask you, because I've had, I've seen um, people ask other plant-based people like if you can get enough protein on a plant-based diet why do you drink like 
vegan protein? Why do you have to buy a supplement? And my question is, if you can get enough protein on a meat diet, why is whey protein? Whey protein is one of the most manufactured and sold supplements ever. So if you can get enough protein from eating animals and eating meat, why is whey protein so huge? Okay, so now that we've answered that question, (laughs) figured that out. Um, I just think be careful, look into it. Um, If it is something you want to look into, because I really do think it is 100% negatively impacting us. Um, And that's why I stopped eating meat because I just don't, one, I don't, I don't think it's necessary. Um, I don't think I'm going to go off on a tangent. (laughs) I don't think that like people in the caveman days like ate meat three or four times a day. Like, I just don't fucking think so. Like, I think they were probably chilling, walking around, looking for some food. They were like, man, berries sound real good. And they didn't find any berries, but they found like a zebra that had passed away from like natural causes or whatever. And they were like, well, shit, this will do, I guess. And that's how they started eating meat. I don't think, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure, obviously, hunting's happened. They, like, did hunt them. But at the same time, it wasn't, like, an everyday thing. They were still predominantly vegetarian. And when the opportunity arose, they ate meat. But it wasn't all the time. So I don't think that we need it all the time. No matter what the marketers say, the huge companies, the other pieces of shit. Um, I just, I don't think we do. And so the protein that I suggest that's good for you would be, you know, some tempeh, some tofu, beans, lentils, protein pasta. Yes, some of those are processed, um, but your meat that is being cut up by a butcher is also a form of processing. So it's just however you want to look at it. Um, But yeah, so there's the proteins that I think are good for you and my little tangent. So the next question is, what are some of my like favorite plant-based foods? And you kind of just heard those. So I do love tempeh. I love tofu. Um, lentils was like my first love when I went plant-based. Like, I don't know, lentils hit hard and oh my gosh. Um, beans, I love me some black beans. I do love protein pasta. I do like, um, like the vegetable infused pasta. Like there's one that is literally just straight spinach and like wheat and, oh, that pasta is so good. Um, I wish we had more like plant-based, like vegan friendly restaurants where I live, but we don't. So I pretty much just, I go to the, um, farmer's market almost every week. I get squash and peppers. We eat a lot of peppers. What else? What else? Potatoes. Love me some potatoes. Um... I like, so Gard, Gardein, 
It's G-A-R-D-E-I-N is the brand. And they have like a beefless ground. And it's a, um, I think it's a pea protein based. And it is the best substitute I have found for like ground beef. It's literally beefless ground, <laughs> which is hilarious. But, um... You can put that in like breakfast burritos, quesadillas, all the things. And it, the the one beauty I have found about plant-based food is that it will literally taste like whatever the hell you season it with. Like you want your tofu to taste like a Mexican party, you just season it with all of those spices and some taco seasoning. And you're like, whoo. It's a Mexican party over here. You want Italian? Well, all right. You throw some Italian seasoning in there and that's what you get. Put it on some pasta and you're golden. So it's so easy and it's so fun to play with spices with like plant-based eating. And we've even done, like we'll season our um, vegetables in the air fryer with Italian seasoning. Whew, delicious. So I do love some like broccoli, cauliflower, squash, We'll do kale chips, we'll do Brussels sprouts, and we do most of them in the um, air fryer because it's they're just fantastic and I love crispy. Like I, I need it to be crispy. I cannot do with like non-textured, like soggy stuff. It whew, grosses me out. So I do love those. Um, we also got HelloFresh for um, oh, probably like a month just to try new recipes and kind of like break out of our shell. Cause there for a bit, we were getting a little meh, boring. Um, Ooh, quinoa. I do love quinoa, but HelloFresh has, um, like a mushroom risotto and they had, um, like a baked penne, which was really good with like the tomato sauce. And we did the protein pasta and, um, it's not 100% vegan. It did have like ricotta and mozzarella, but for every once in a while, I don't eat, um, dairy every day or, um, we haven't had like dairy milk in the house forever. I have walnut milk as my regular one. And then I have a almond and cashew, like protein chocolate milk that I'll have after workouts, which is really good. And then Brad drinks oat milk. Um, yeah, we rotate three different milks in the house because we can't agree on anything. So <laughs> it's fun. Um, what else? What else do I usually eat? Um, we have, if you have a Sam's, they have a Seeds of Change. I'm so surprised that I remembered that name. I'm so surprised. I never do. And now that I'm on a podcast, I remember. Cool. So it's Seeds of Change as a brand and it's, um, they have, it's quinoa and and rice and rice in, um, a little pouch and you heat it up for 90 seconds and you, you just do that and put like some beans or lentils or tempeh or tofu and top it with some vegetables and even, um, like enchilada sauce and you have like a little bowl and it's super easy. Um, we also do pizzas. We get like the cauliflower crust with some sauce and then I have like a vegan mozzarella cheese. Um, the brand of the cheese is 
Moochu or Moocha. I can't remember. I cannot remember, but it's the best. So I have tried a handful of vegan cheeses and I will be honest, most of them are disgusting. I do not understand how people eat them, but H-E-B finally got this brand and they had, they initially had like the Mexican blend and then they got, um, just a cheddar and now they have a mozzarella and they are so good. So good. So that's kind of what I like to do. I will typically, um, bulk make like tempeh, tofu, we'll have beans, lentils, even some pasta. And I will often mix, um, like put the tempeh on the pasta or have quinoa or rice and put it with the beans or the lentils and just make like a bowl with a vegetable, any broccoli, cauliflower is my favorite. I love cauliflower, um, Brussels or anything like that. And that is typically what I eat. I also love avocado toast and I will 100% put tempeh on avocado toast. So you just like toast it in, um, like slice it kind of thin not like super, super thin, but you know, um, slice it however you want. I don't care. And kind of toast it in a saucepan with, I do onion, garlic, and then like I, I season it with that in the pan. And then on the actual, um, toast, I'll put some Julio seasoning. Oh, it's so good. If you follow me on Instagram, you've probably seen it, but those are my top like plant-based foods. And a lot of them are super easy you can do the, you can crumble the tofu and put it in the air fryer as well. And it gets really crispy and it's delicious. So I hope that's helpful. If you have any more questions about like plant-based foods or anything, you can always DM me on Instagram at the Caitlin Howarth. And I would love to chat with you about plant-based eating anything. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Plant Your Health. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something new, or I at least hope that it sparked a light bulb in you somehow. If you have any requests for future episodes, reach out to me on Instagram at Howarth. I would love to hear from you. And until the next episode, I will see you next time.